All right, welcome everybody to another episode of The Money Mitch Effect. Mitch Michaels here hosting the show as always. Very excited uh, to start the hockey playoffs. The 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs start this evening as we record this. Joined now by my pal from the Extra Points Podcast Network, Eddie Murphy. Eddie, thanks for joining. I know you got a dog in the fight. This is a good time of year uh, for all of us, but it is kind of like Christmas morning for any hockey fan because you got eight series. The first round is just insane, and there's just really nothing in my mind, that beats the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm with you on that. I mean, it's by far the best playoffs. Um, it is so uh, it's exhilarating if you're a fan uh, with or without a dog in the fight. Uh, it's it's uh, so unpredictable. Your eight seeds could beat your one seeds, uh, unlike other sports uh, like the NBA, for example. So it's it's great. Um, it's terrible if you're a fan of a team of diehard mm-hmm. fan like I am, because right now I'm I'm jealous of you. I wish it was you <laughs> in this position. And I could watch you and your blue jackets. Yeah. I want no part of this. I, I try to block it out of my mind. I wanted to immerse myself with the MLB and NBA over the weekend and not think about NHL playoffs because it's just like a stressful time. Every series is like life or death. And it's just, um, you know, obviously the best trophy in all the sports to hoist Stanley Cup is uh, something else, something that I've been chasing. Uh, I was two years old when the Rangers won last. So uh, I'm going through quite a bit right now. My, my brain's a mess. <laughs> you hit on something really important, and that's it's probably the best playoffs. It's probably the best playoffs, but it's also the best in terms of just having an interest of just being a fan of the sport without having a dog in the fight. It's actually that inverse relationship of if you are a diehard fan, every game is just just chaos. Like you can't really take your eye off of it and you're living and breathing every shift. So um, it, it's it's something to say and it's something to say that non-traditional hockey fans will, will tune in now and say, wow, I didn't realize how fast this speed is. And it really is a different different vibe, different level. I want to start with this kind of the futures markets because they've been moving a little bit right now. And we've gotten to a situation where we do have a prohibitive favorite in the Boston Bruins. And we're going to preview their first round series with Florida and everything. But, you know, their numbers coming down, Eddie, plus 340, plus 320 even on some sites to win the whole thing. I think the Bruins are a great team, set the record, obviously, for points. But that is not great value, to say the least. They have to run the gauntlet, and you're not even getting four to one. I mean, that just... It seems like the market just is not there if you're going to bet Bruins. Yeah, and it just ties into what you just said, too, about it being the best playoffs because, you know, they they broke the record most wins in a season, most points in a season, obviously uh, an all-time team, regular season team, just a good, well-coached team. They could roll four lines. like the, I mean, just an awesome top-to-bottom defensive group. Goaltending's been great no matter who's in net for them. <clears throat> and uh, yet with the few losses they've had the year, if all of a sudden the Panthers win, you know, two games and it's, you know, the middle yeah. of the series, you're like, oh, wow, like this could actually happen, which is why it's just the the best sport and the best playoffs, in my opinion. But back to the odds. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, we're, we're a Caesars. My company's backed by Caesars. I'm looking at the Caesars Sportsbook app right now. Boston Bruins plus 320. Yeah. And then you think like, OK, well, they were dominant in the regular season. They were crushing teams. David Pasternak's one of the best goal scorers in the league. It wasn't for Connor McDavid. He'd be number one. And then you have then you coming in. The Panthers kind of limped in, kind of got in, you know, and like there were the last couple of days of the season. Um, not nearly as good as the year they had last year. The Panthers were great last year. This season struggled a bit, obviously made some major moves. But you're right. It's not even about this first round series. I think me and you probably are both in agreement here. The, the Bruins, I think the Bruins will win probably in five games. Uh, there actually is a chance for a sweep. It mm-hmm. is them in the first round. Yeah. But it's not about this series. It's about the second round. It's about the conference finals. And, yeah. and then it's about getting to the cup and then having to face, like, you know, depending on who the Western team is. But they're going to be a little bit fresher. They're not going to mm-hmm. have the same, uh, you know, war to get to. And now every series is a war. But like you said, it's a gauntlet in the East. Uh, a lot of tough teams. A lot of teams having their best franchise years ever. The Rangers probably the most talented team they've ever assembled. Devils breaking records. Like there's so many good teams this year, over 100 points, and yet we're only going to get one representative from that conference. So it just does not bode well for the Bruins this year. President's yeah, Cup curse. Yeah, well, I have a lot to say on that when we get to the series, but I agree with most of that. I do think that the Bruins – having to play against history and the fact that their value isn't the best. The the Stanley Cup playoffs betting odds, it's not really for favorites like because upsets happen because anybody can beat anybody, so you're not going to find the value there. My strategy would be look at the series bets, look at the underdogs, especially in game one. You have a lot of opportunities to win that first game on the road. But I think if you're going to go futures, if you're going to really go that way, whether it's to win the conference or even just to go all the way, 
one of the things I think is valuable is there's a couple, there's actually two series I have, and, and you're in one of them, where I think two of the top teams in the conference just drew each other. And I think that if you want to sprinkle a little on each team, I think that actually is good value. Rangers, Devils, and I would actually say Oilers, Kings are just two insane first-round matchups where I would probably put both those teams in the top four in the conference, and yet they're playing in the first round. So that would be one of the strategies I would have is be you could sprinkle a little on each team because you're going to have some value going forward. Yeah, I think uh, you know the Rangers. The Rangers are the only team uh, that are the you know the underdog in the series. But I think if you bet them, it makes sense to win it. Uh, they're plus one fifteen right now. Devils are minus one forty. You know, I, I think that's probably as close to a coin flip as a series as you can get. Now there are some other ones you could take a chance on. Like I, I like the Islanders a lot in the series versus the Hurricanes. But I think again, if you want to make mm-hmm. a smart bet, I think the Rangers definitely are in terms of the lower seeds that you want to bet on and feel confident to win. They are one. And I'm with you on that with the Kings Oilers. Uh, It seems like me and you probably will head to crypto to see McDavid play in person, which would be awesome. But the Kings are, they're a pesky team. We all, we all know the issues with the Oilers. Like the Oilers have, they were one of the worst defensive teams, you know, last year, really not more than just last year, just in a a series of years where they allow anyone to enter their zone. The goaltending play has not been great. And they've really just been carried by the, insane play of McDavid and Dreisaitl and the other guys in the top half. They, they are a pretty top-heavy team. And the Kings are a younger team. I know they have some of the old guards still there, but they're definitely on the younger side. Now this new era of Kings hockey, um, they are a tough team, a gritty team. And I think that's kind of like the worst nightmare for a team like the Oilers who are high-flying. So it'll be a tough series. I'm probably still... Gonna go yeah. Oilers here, but I think it's gonna be like I said, it's gonna be a hell of a series. You know, since we're here, we can start with Oilers and Kings, and I I think that this is you know depending on Colorado's health and what you know Vegas has got some consistency issues as well. But you could make an argument that LA Edmonton are the two of the top three, maybe the top two going into the playoffs in terms of built for this run. Edmonton, you you, you outlined the issues perfectly. McDavid had the best offensive season in the last twenty seven years. You'd have to go back to Mario Lemieux in ninety six, which is just crazy to say couple lockouts ago that would be the last time a player played this well the biggest thing for me in this series isn't even necessarily McDavid's individual skill and dry it's the fact that Edmonton had the best statistical power play in like league history and the and actually the Kings penalty kill was one of the worst in the league so that's 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 the series for me in a nutshell like Kings might not win if <laughs> might not win regardless but if they take a lot of penalties they have zero chance like I put that on a pie chart zero percent if they take penalties because Edmonton scores power play goals, and you know, we can talk about the goaltending, Eddie, and Stuart Skinner seems to be the guy now, Edmonton native. He has played well, but he's so unproven. So I'm not writing off goaltending as the same old issue, but it's not like they've proven that he's proven that he can do it in a big setting yet. Yeah, I mean, special teams are going to be paramount in every series. I mean, people, if you take penalties, you're most likely going to lose. <laughs> um, and then it's like with this Oilers team, it's like that, you know, yeah. to the 10th degree because they have so many like high-flying guys having career years. And Ryan Eugene Hopkins, who was you know, <laughs> the first one, overall yeah. pick, who was like basically an afterthought. Like people are like, okay, this guy's kind of a bust. And then now all of a sudden he's he's lit up because he's playing with you know right. the greatest player in sports right now. So it, it's one of those things. I think the Kings need to be ultra-physical. They need to take McDavid off his game it's way and and they did that last year I mean I think both these teams are better than they were last year the reason why I say the Kings are kind of built for the playoffs and I'm not I'm not necessarily saying going all the way but 10 10 goal scorers they have depth now top end talent Fiala is going to have to be healthy and play well he's been their guy they're not at the top of the pecking order in terms of top end talent but when you can get offense pretty consistently from the bottom of the line you know more than anyone that that adds up this time of year when you can kind of lock up even the best players might not have their best in each individual game. So I, I'm not writing the Kings off. I think this will be a heavy series and one the Oilers, like you said, are going to have to try to get through without taking too much physical pain. Yeah, I think in terms of the West matchups, I think this will be the most fun one to watch. If you're a casual fan, obviously, outside of, you know, watching 97 play, who's the best player in sports, uh, a generational player, you get to see him. And then plus, you know, that dry style guy ain't too bad either. Um, seeing them, like I was saying before, this new kind of uh, group of Kings players, like you said, improved since last year, kind of moving on from the old guard. Kopitar still around, obviously, the captain. Uh, they still have Dowdy. They did move on from quick. So those those top guys from there, you know, their cup runs uh, are really, they're getting phased out. Mm-hmm. But like this team they are deep and depth is a huge thing in the playoffs it's it's a weird mix of a lot of times in the playoffs you have teams that just rely on their 
probably the top six forwards, top nine forwards, probably your first four defensemen. But if you're able to mm. comfortably play all those guys, then that what it means is, look, you're going to have fresh players. Yeah. You're going to have guys with fresh legs. So, I mean, yeah, there's players that have the, the dog in them that could uh, go above their you know usual average ice time. Yeah. And obviously the Oilers are a team that will rely heavily on them. A lot of teams are made that way. I mean, the yeah. Maple Leafs are another one, too. There are those. But then you have your Kings, you have your Rangers, you have your Bruins uh, of teams that really could roll out four lines and play three defensive uh, pairings. So that's going to be the big battle in this one to see if they are going to be able to, you know, the lightning fast McDavid, if they can knock him around a bit, that will help. And then just seeing how they are so deep, they can play their their fourth liners versus a tired mm-hmm. uh, Oilers team. So it's going to be a fantastic series. I'm really excited to see it in person. Yeah, those teams that are typically top six reliant haven't really gone as far, gone all the way. It's been the Tampas of the years past, Colorado. Tampa, games and stuff. Tampa built their team from the pipes up. Even Colorado last fourth, year. And Colorado yeah. had, I mean, you having your know, your third line, like, you know, center, uh, you know, Kadri's playing like huge minutes yeah. for them. Like just being so deep, it, it, it is so important. And like that's, if you had to ever build a cup, you know, contender, that mm-hmm. like, just take the light, the lightning's mold, like right. having an awesome yeah. bottom six. I mean, it's great to have a uh, world-class goalie, yeah. but, uh, and then obviously, you know, the avalanche prove you could do it too. Now they have some super mm-hmm. high end players oh, in the yeah. prime of their career, but that is the way to do it uh, and not just rely on your top six and your, you know, your first defensive pairing, your second, you know, second defensive pairing, you need depth because that's, what's going to ultimately win out. And, and that's the thing too, is like, you know, w- when the playoffs end and then we, we get like that onslaught of like, Oh, this team had, five guys injured this guy had a broken this and yep. they taped up this it's like that always happens to every mm-hmm. team that goes far so that's why you desperately need the death because your guys are going to be so banged up by the end of the series they definitely are and uh, mcdavid's even acknowledged that deno is one of the hardest players to play against i'm going to say oilers in six i think that skinner will probably have one bad game in there just an egregious game for him evander kane who tore up the kings last year i expect him to play well i'll say oilers in six uh, I'll go. I'm gonna go. I want to say Oilers and six with you, but I'm gonna reverse everything I just said. Look, this is gonna be a humongous off season for the superstars of the NHL with Drysdale, McDavid, and uh, you know we'll, we'll get to Toronto after. But with Austin Matthews, if these teams, with these superstars, these megastars, if they underperform, how many times can you keep running it back? And we've seen this already with the Oilers. Yes, they had a nice run last year. Obviously, Avalanche won the whole thing. But they needed to make some roster adjustments. And if you don't have a guy, who, I mean, he's one of six players in the NHL history to score mm-hmm. 150 points. Yeah. If they don't, if they struggle, if they if they take them six games, even to beat the Kings seven games, it's like then the doubt starts to creep in. I, it's going to be tough. I so like, I, don't know, I think though, they have the pressure on them. They need to win this in five. They have the pressure to win. But I think the Kings are gaining more respect. So I think even if they just get by and plus like last year, no one really cared that they almost got upset early when they just smacked the flames. So right. I, I think there is pressure, though. And, yeah, and if it gets later in the series, you know, depending on how last year it went, steal game, it, last year it was the Kings stole game one, and then, you know, it, it set off the series in motion. That's how important game one is. Uh, the other Pacific, I guess, bracket, the way it worked out, I want to talk about Golden Knights of Winnipeg getting that extra wild card game. They, they flop with uh, the Metro or Wild, excuse me, the Central wild card. So it's going to be Winnipeg and Vegas. Vegas wins the division. Great season for them. You know, Jack Eichel playing healthy, which is good BU guy. But he didn't really light the league on fire. He was battling a little bit of uh, some injuries, some lower lower maintenance injuries. But the Vegas team that did it with depth, they got some goaltending uh, down the stretch as well. So they're kind of built more, I guess I would say, playoff ready, ready in the sense that they are three lines deep. They have some good defensemen. They've been able to step up. Winnipeg has been a streaky team all year. Love Josh Morrissey's game. I think Hellebuck, Eddie, when he's healthy, can be one of the best goalies in the league. I was tempted to look upset here, but I do think Vegas holds on. I think this is a matchup favorable for them. And I think what Vegas can do with Eichel, if he can play healthy, is going to be the difference in this one. Yeah, well, the big news today is like them getting back uh, Mark Stone and, and you know, mm-hmm. Cassidy coming out saying he's going to play. That is uh, huge for them to have hit their captain back. Rangers, although, you know, they tried to, when they brought in Patrick Kane, they got in a little league trouble with uh, the roster movement and the, yeah. and the pay. But I guess it's OK if the Knights could do it. But whatever. Um, so the Knights get bring they bring Mark Stone back. I love this Knights team uh, outside of the obvious of me loving Jack Eichel, a BU guy. But they're just deep in center. They have a great defensive group. Uh, you know, Jonathan Quick was miserable for the Kings. Mm-hmm. They move uh, they move him over there. You know, not that you expect anything of him, but I think there's something to be said about 
goalie, a veteran goalie who's done it to kind of be in that room and try to help these guys out. Well, yeah, well, look at the roster, too. You have Alec Martinez and Petrangelo, both different cup winners. Mm-hmm. Riley Smith and Carlson were on that first run. And obviously Stone, I mean, what, what he's been able to do, too, as a, as a two-way forward. So they've got guys that have been in big moments before and have hoisted the cup, not for Vegas. But I think that's going to help. And, and I don't want to just, you know, I, I do think Winnipeg has a lot of potential. I just don't know that they're there yet. And I don't even know that they were planning on making the playoffs this year because it was pretty grim last year. So I think, if anything, they might be a little ahead of schedule. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I just th- I think there's a big ta- a talent disparity with these two clubs, and uh, I mean the 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 one difference maker is Hellebuck. I, I mean he could steal uh, a few games. Yeah. I'm not sure if he could steal a series though. Cause I, I still think it's this tough. this Knights team is built very well. Um, I did see some people like to go against the grain and say that they like the win you know Winnipeg in an upset. Winnipeg is plus thirty one thirty five right now. Mm-hmm. The Knights are minus one sixty. I happen to like the Knights. I think I the Knights were my pick preseason to represent the West. So uh, I, I'm not saying that anymore because uh, I've been placed, I placed a new bet thanks to cousin Sal, uh, which we'll get to that series after. And I'll tell you which, which team it is, but the, uh, I, I do like the Knights in this one yeah. in probably five or six games. Um, I, Hellybook will get his, he will steal games and he'll keep them in most of these yeah. games. Uh, also have to shout out a guy like Josh Morrissey, who uh, on defense for, the, so for the Jets, who's so, so good. And who probably is more deserving of, the Norris Trophy more so than a guy like Eric Carlson, who put up a ton of points, but is a mega minus uh, <laughs> on, a, on a very, very bad San Jose Shark team. So I do have to give him a shout out. Um, but I, I just like this makeup of this this uh, this Golden Knights team. They have kind of every piece in place. And I think there is something to be said, like we just talked about, yeah. for guys who have been there, done that, guys who have hoisted Lord Stanley's Cup. They kind of know what to expect. That goes a long way. And I do think that Bruce Cassidy actually is a great coach. So I, I do I like a lot uh, of the makeup of this Vegas team. I'll say seven because I want to see game sevens. And I do think Hellbuck's good for some big games. I actually think uh, also pointing out, this is going to be two of the more passionate, rowdy fan crowd experiences. Vegas has done a great job, and Winnipeg, it's like a religion there. So mm-hmm. I think I think fans that just tune in for the first time might be shocked that these are some of the best atmospheres that we see. So I'll, I'll go I'll go Vegas in seven there. Uh, not expecting a long series, though, in the in one of the other West ones, Colorado and Seattle. I know Colorado has the issues with no land to Skog, whole postseason, brutal loss. McCarr's status is up in limbo, not looking good this series. That said, I just don't think Seattle comes in here and does much to this Colorado team. Nathan McKinnon, his points per game in the playoffs, Eddie, is like third all time. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, and and Georgiev has been one of the best goalies this year. That's part of the story that they, you know this team that's been I think third or fourth best in the league since January first has relied playing a little different way. And I think they're they're plenty fine to get through this matchup. Maybe the next one without McCarr, I'll have to revisit that. But mm-hmm. I like them pretty comfortably five games or less against Seattle. Yeah, I mean, look, the Kraken's a great story. I I love that they're in the playoffs. I love that you know the NHL. We just talking about the Knights, like the, the Knights. You know, they're a brand new team. They make it to the Cup. The Kraken now make it to the playoffs after you know being an expansion team. That's so good. I, I the Seattle has really embraced them. The the fan base, the Pacific Northwest. It's just chock full of awesome sports fans mm-hmm. who really, really are passionate and they they catch on to this team. I was up in Seattle uh, right around uh, Halloween and we were we weren't really serious. Me and my group of friends weren't really serious about going to the game, but I forgot who they're playing. But we were looking to get tickets. Even after puck drop, you could still buy tickets. And the tickets after the game started were still ninety dollars. Was the mm-hmm. minimum walk-in price for like mm-hmm. the worst plate, like the worst seat in the house. They really care, uh, and that's awesome. So uh, it's great for the league that this new team is in there. But it's very hard to repeat. I don't think Colorado will repeat just due to their injury and just due to the nature of how many good teams there are, especially in the East. Um, but I do think they'll get by this series. Uh, There's just so many good players on this Avalanche team, even missing their guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Georgie, Alexander, Yorgiev, former Rangers backup (laughs) now over over there. He's doing his thing. They needed that big time. That was their one kind of uh, flaw, you could say, was was their their goaltending. But uh, they've really shored that up now. Well, yeah. yeah, like they they just loaded. No matter where you look, they're just loaded. Um, even without McCarr and, and the other injuries, but like yeah. having guys like Rand and having you know McKinnon, who's if it wasn't wearing a league <laughs> with uh, Connor McDavid, he'd probably have more shine on him. Yeah. Um, they're just a 
they're just too good. It's a, probably a really, really bad matchup for the uh, the Kraken. Yeah, Rantanen is uh, nicknamed Moose. He is a Moose in the playoffs, the way he mm-hmm. plays. And, and, and Georgiev is another one, too, where like a veteran goalie, even sometimes it's the other way, the young goalie that kind of needs the chance or, you know, has an opportunity to really claim the net by a team that needs him, and he's really shined there. So I think Seattle is, and that's why I say five, I think they're going to have a game three moment, the first playoff game. It's going to be loud as heck. That'd be the game to win. I think they're uh, a couple players away, but just a phenomenal season for them down the stretch and how they played. So that's where I go there. And then the last one is that Wild and Stars series, which should be an interesting one. I mean, that was one where they they played four times in the season. Two of those were overtime uh, games that were won by Minnesota. The other two were Dallas. So they're pretty evenly matched, pretty pretty deep as well. You look at the Dallas Stars, Eddie, and Ottinger is going to be the first person, or maybe the second person. Ottinger is going to be... You know, so key in goal for them. Robertson might be a heart finalist, had an unbelievable season there with what he did. Dallas has the experience. They've been around here. Minnesota, I'd look at it in two ways. Their offense is young. It's getting better. They're going with Marc-Andre Fleury back to flower in net for the playoffs. They're, Minnesota is my high, you know, volatile team. Like, if they made a run to the conference final, I don't think I'd be shocked. But they could also go out in five games. So they'd be the wild card of all wild cards for me. Yeah, they are very close. Uh, these two teams, well, it was like 46 wins, 47 yeah. wins, uh, the right neck and neck there. So the, the team that, you know, Sal said to me, he goes, hey, I'm going to make you place a bet on which team's going to win the Stanley Cup Finals and a mixture of the path to get there just from watching the regular season, the roster makeup being deep, uh, having the good defense, having the good goaltending, which matters, having the high-end talent. Uh, I love and the odds too, which is the the best part. I yeah. really love the Dallas Stars. That's I a love good Dallas one. Star- I love the Dallas Stars to actually. They're Here's- my pick to win the cup. Oh. Uh, I think that having Ottinger, like you're talking about, having a massive goalie, his size and that he's such an advantage. For Fourteen them. to one on great. Caesars. Uh, right now on on Caesars, the odds are Dallas Stars plus fifteen hundred. Oh, okay. um, it's shifted a little bit, so Sal placed that bet for me because I he you know he he won his bet that the Penguins did not make the playoffs, so we're, we're cashing on that. Yeah. But I, I love this team. It, you're also you know your team is great. Like when your two oldest players are Ryan Suter and Joel Pavelski. And like, Pavelski is just a stud. Like that guy's forty now, and he's got the American record record for playoff points, and just keeps going. Yeah. I love the pickups, too, that they made. Like, Max Domi, Dadnoff are great up front. You know, Ben and Sagan have kind of taken a step back, but they they have all the pieces, and one of them, the main one, is goalie. Like, what he almost did last year, Ottinger was steal the series against Calgary. So, if he plays well, it's a good one, but I think this will be tricky. One of of the other things I just wanted to mention, I mean, we know how good Kaprizov has been and uh, your boy, former Ranger Zuccarello, on that front line. But what I like about this series is it's got two of the youngest... uh, Youngest studs, if you will, coming into the league. And Wyatt Johnson on on uh, Dallas has been a stud. I think he's like 19 years old. And then Matt Boldy is like 20. And these guys are already 20 goal scorers in the NHL. Yeah, and, and you know, another chance to, for Ken, you know, could Flower have an all-time run again, get back there, and he's been uh, a solid. That's why he's been bouncing around late in his career. But and there's yeah, there's things to like with this this wild roster. You know, they made the move midseason. The Rangers got rid of him. They brought in another former Ranger, uh, Ryan Reeves, to add some grit to that roster. Uh, also a good locker room guy, but also somebody to to give you some grit, which uh, you do need in these playoffs because mm-hmm. it's all, the playoffs are a lot tighter. They're a lot more physical and they're less high flying than the regular yeah. season games but i don't know i think uh, this this will be a a tough series but i i just like everything about the stars team from top to bottom and kind of what you're mentioning like the guys used to be saying and jamie ben they don't really need to be as much anymore uh just having this incredible depth uh at forward and at defense and then also having you know a goal you can rely on now is just you know it's huge in the playoffs their makeup is is great and i i think this will be a tough there'll be a six game series i like the stars to win in six it'll be a pretty tough first round test for them but i think they'll survive this and i really do like this team to come out of the west uh, this dallas stars team is uh, a force to be reckoned with okay so you said that i, I kind of think we should go against each other for once so i'll say wild and seven but I, I, I think I think also if you're the casual hockey fan, you just want to watch a really, really tough, yeah. even series. This is a good one to put on. It really is. That That's going to be very, very violent. Uh, let's go to the east here. Eddie Murphy here on the Money Mitch Effect talking playoffs. Starting at the top with Bruins Panthers. And, and we mentioned it earlier, but I know everyone's going to look at the series and say this is the President's Cup curse. 
part of it, part of why I'm going to try to debunk that series and pick the Bruins to win handily goes for the fact that if you look at the common theme with all those teams that lost as one seeds, the most recent one, that Tampa Bay Lightning team to my Blue Jackets, they were what you would consider fairly as a little bit of a softer makeup, more skill. I think the Bruins, they weren't like that before the deadline. They certainly aren't after it. So I think they were pre- they were proactive, Eddie, in, in acquiring players to give themselves some grit for these moments. And I also just don't know that you know, we have the same conversation necessarily if it's the Islanders. I don't think the Panthers are as worthy of a contender to upset them. Love Matthew Kachuk, maybe an MVP finalist for what he was able to do getting them into the playoffs. Goaltending is a question. They're going with uh, Leon, I think. Lyon, I think, at end goal because Bobrovsky's been injured. But I don't think that Florida's got the horses to beat Boston, even if they're a little off their game. And if they're on their game, then it could be a sweep. Yeah, so just to start quickly with the the Panthers, obviously their big thing was the offseason moving, Huberto getting it, bringing in uh, Kachuk, and then, you know, they have Spencer Knight, who was supposed to be the goalie of the future, but they still have Bobrovsky there. He's been banged up, so that it, that's a concern. You know, they're, they took a giant step back. They were a team, you know, that everyone was afraid of last year, and, you know, they do have some very high-end talent with guys like, you know, Barkov, and and we, we mentioned Kachuk already, and uh, Duclair, former Rangers prospect, who definitely knows how to score but it's obviously when you're reversing a team that is the pre- not even the president's cup winner they're so they, deep like they, no one they, really they understands the, this yeah, they <laughs> like, broke the record for yeah. most wins and most points uh, for a reason and you say what you want about them say like oh you know the goaltenders haven't done it it's like they are just so deep i've been talking about this entire podcast Depth is the most important mm. thing. They're deep at center. Like, they're third line. Having guys like Chuck Coyle and, and, and these big body guys. They, all, they, play, the they all play 200-foot games. Yeah. They're all big and physical. Yeah. Uh, you have arguably, you know, you know, I don't know what his deal is with his health right now, but Patrice Bergeron, you know, in our generation, if probably the best, uh, you know, two-way player uh, that we've seen. And they, their entire defensive yeah. group is just so good. They could score if they need to, but they're also stay-at-home guys, McAvoy and Lindholm. And, like, I mean, they're just, they're great trade getting Orlov mm. at the deadline. And then if they want to go Swayman or you want to go Allmark, it doesn't really seem to matter. Yeah, they, they have an uh, actual goalie awesome. combo that's good both ways. Like, they don't really lose much. They could ride the hot hand and, and be comfortable with each. I also think McAvoy, top five defenseman probably in this league, I mean, I you, just, you look at their fourth line and their third defensive pairing. I mean, that, or that yeah, Forbert and Clifton. There's some teams that are in this playoffs that would probably take that for line three and defensive pairing two. And that's just oh, kind of yeah. where we are with how deep they are with guys like Frederick and Grizzlick not even getting into the lineup consistently. So uh, for the Panthers, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to be too critical. I thought the trade, you know, ended up looking better because of how good Matthew Kachuk's been. But there's a reason why there's a 43-point difference between these two teams in the regular season. The Bruins put the clamps on. They play a playoff-style of hockey. They don't rely on top-end talent and a lot of shootout-style wins. So, yeah, I'm going to say sweep in this one. I actually will, so I'll, I'll call my shot there. It could be wrong before the day's over. I'm, I'm with you. I just said in our, our show before with Dave, and I said that if you're going to see one sweep, it's probably going to be this series. Uh, he thinks that the Panthers may steal a game or two. I don't see how the Panthers win two games versus a team that's barely lost since they started playing in our October. Also, um, I don't want to get too like you know mean to Panthers fans, but not going to be the home environment where I think the crowd's going to make a difference, so that's part of it too. Yeah, so I'm with you. I think it's going to be a, a four-game sweep for the Boston Bruins. The curse may come to you know bite them in the end, but I think right for the first-round series, I think they should be able to take care of business. Too skilled, too deep. Goaltending's been too good. Just they'll they'll lock you down. Um, the well-coached team by Montgomery. It's um, if you're a Bruins fan, you got to be you got to be ecstatic right now. So I have a question for this next series. It's Tampa and Toronto, and my question just off the top is: if the teams weren't called the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Would we just breeze through and put Toronto easily into the second round? So, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to our thing with the Oilers, too. It's like there's so much pressure, I think, on the whatever pressure your hockey team has yeah. multiplied by 10. And that's what the, the yeah. Maple Leafs are. It's just the Canadian, uh, the way of like that, you know, they're the team that's in the, you know, the Toronto is just such a how many people cover them? Like no, they're I, like the New York Yankees yeah, of the it, NHL. I totally just, I guess the Canadians are. But I totally get that. My, my thing would be if you look at the other end of the ice and, and I have all the respect in the world for what Tampa's done this last couple of years. But that is a fatigued hockey team that is limping in to the playoffs. 
Oh, so, they're for sure on the downslope you know, of their their you know dynastic reign. Like the 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 we won't see the Lightning. I don't think this current iteration of the Lightning team they're not going to hoist trophy again. I mean they have some awesome players. Don't get me wrong, uh, and they have some and they're younger too. I mean having guys like Braden Point, twenty seven, even Stamkos himself, he's only thirty three. He's not he, mm-hmm. obviously a lot of injuries, but he's not terribly old. Um, but I just don't see this team, uh, you know, they're going to lose some guys. They are banged up. It's on the, the end of their run. But the big but is that you're now playing the team, the Maple Leafs team that you have handled. Uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. The Maple Leafs ended up winning them versus beating the yeah. Lightning last year. I think my Rangers probably would have been in the Stanley Cup finals because the Lightning are just were also a, probably they're a carbon copy of the Rangers. Yeah. Whereas these Maple Leafs teams, they are super top heavy. Mm-hmm. And if you're not scoring, you know, a fair amount of goals a game uh, and they had their own, you know, goaltending issues, the Leafs, then they could be B. And I think they're going to be in the scenario again, too, where it's like. The Lightning aren't going to make mistakes. These guys have lived in the playoffs. They're they're just in there every year. They expect it. Like their their seasons yeah. are not 82 games. They're expected to play 100 <laughs> games plus because they're yeah. they're all there, are deep, and you have a world class goalie. Like you know, uh, you you're Vasilevsky is not going to have an off game. Like so, he's he's he, going to be so tight. And I just feel like yeah, the, this late these Maple Leafs teams like Austin Matthews. If they lose in the first round, you cannot keep running it back. It's the same. Well, thing they're going to fire point. their coach and their GM for sure if they lose. And and, and I think I mean, Vasilevsky is interesting, right? I don't think he'll have an off big game, but like last year, game one, he gave up like seven or eight goals, and then oh, the yeah. Lightning still won the series. So I think that'll kind of make sure that Tampa never or Toronto isn't going to be fooled by one win. That they're going to have to lock it in here. I, I think that I mean Kucherov. I'm not a personal fan of the guy, but you can't argue what he's done in the playoffs. Like, he gets 100 points again this season, but he's a better big-game player than just about anybody in the NHL up front. My only concern would be that the age and the miles, even a Victor Hedman, who is a surefire Hall of Famer, he had his worst season. Can he step it up? Is he able to turn the switch on? And I don't know. I mean, I just I don't know if there's enough youth on this Tampa team. It would be a very bad loss. I think last year's series loss, in hindsight, doesn't look nearly as bad. This would be on another level if Tampa beat this Toronto team. Marner's been the guy. Matthews is going to have to step up. I like the O'Reilly pickup a lot. I'm, I'm going to say Toronto wins this in six. And I know I'm probably casting doubt over myself. I just, by every metric, we've seen it time and time again. The old guard that gets in for one final playoff run. It's like, oh, well, they've won before. And then they just get spanked early. So uh, I'll differ from you again uh, just to make things interesting. I think it's going to be a seven-game yeah. series. And I just think the depth of of Tampa is still too good. And and, having Vasilevsky, to me, is the ultimate trump card. And, yeah, there's been some great, great seasons by guys uh, on Toronto. Obviously, yeah, we mentioned Marner and and Bill Nylander. And you have, like, you know, Tavares, to me, that never really worked out. But he's more of a depth guy at this point. And the O'Reilly pickup, getting him midseason, they needed a guy like that, uh, a savvy vet who could play, you know, great locker room guys, a good 200-foot game. And then obviously the X factor is Austin Matthews, but again, it's it's we've if we've seen time and time again, Vasilevsky shuts down great offenses, and yeah. I think there's a mental aspect of this, like we can't get over the hump first this team. I just you know kind of said Tampa's on the downslope yeah. of their run, but I just feel like Toronto still has a, a roster. It, it reminds me so it's like an eerily similar situation at to Toronto, just not that kind of top heavy, not great defensively. Goaltenders, a huge question mark, but they have immense skill and can those skill players overcome mm. it. And again, like if we've seen the NHL recently, it's the deep teams that win. Yeah. And I think this first round series is like, if they could, if Tampa, uh, if Toronto could have drawn anyone else, we're probably talking about them, you know, potentially representing the East here, I think. But I think now playing this Tampa team in the first round, they're going to, and if, even if they win this game in seven, uh, I still, think it's going to take their toll and they're probably going to be gassed for the rest of the playoffs here so i'll go tampa okay. and this in sevens a little bit of an upset well i like that uh two more series to get to carolina and the islanders the islanders get in they take the division winners from the metro on head-to-head carolina who had one of their best years uh 113 points there's still going to be some issues top heavy wise with the fact that Sveshnikov out for the year pat Coretti could never really get healthy another injury for him uh, Sebastian Ajo continues to be perennially underrated, along with defenseman Joe Slavin, in my opinion. There's a trendy pick for the Islanders because Sorokin is that good. He pretty much has been, if you want to talk about just value, as valuable to any team as one player has been. Barzell's getting healthy. Bo, Bo- Hovrat is coming back as well into his own. 
So before we get to the picks and the trendiness of it, I, I, I know you can see why the Islanders are this team, Eddie, that are picked to make an upset, maybe make a little bit of a run here because this is a playoff formula that we've seen before. The eight seed that's getting healthy has a good goalie and getting hot. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a really, really tough series for the Hurricanes. Uh, I really wish the Rangers had the Hurricanes in the first round. Uh, I think with the injury to Svechnikov and just the way the Rangers have played versus them, they've kind of dominated them. They beat them the last year as the second round. They you know they did pretty well for them uh, versus this regular season. And it's, you know, they made the goalie switch. I mean, since like, you know, the new year, Antti Ranta has been one of the best goalies in hockey. He's been all like lights out, like, you know, a sub two goal goals against a super high save percentage. I think only has like one regulation loss, one overtime loss. Like he's just been a- as good as could be also a former Ranger. And but this, I, this, you know, this Islanders team, like they play a certain style. They are more reserved. They're more locked down. I don't think the high end scoring talent is there. But, you know, even with the loss to Svechnikov, I still feel like that they could still the Hurricanes could still score. They still have guys, um, you know, like Ajo and, and even their defense, even got Brady Shea. And yeah, and, Burns and, has and been Fred a beast Burns also. And, yes. I mean, these guys and, and Slavin, like they could put the pucks in the net. They're well, very, very talented. So you've got I, guys, I think yeah. there's a lot of a lot of uh, quality depth. I will say this on Carolina. If they had Shvetsnikov, I'd probably say they win it in five or six. I think just because of the Islanders, like gritty, tough, annoying, uh, almost style. I, I think that the Hurricanes will still still win this, but it'll be a seven, a very, very tough seven game series. So having guys like Paul Stasny, who, you know, on the fourth line, Jordan Stahl. Guys that are veterans, Brett Burns, who we mentioned, who've been there. You know they're probably not going to just lay eggs. And you know Rod Rod Brendamore, Rod the Bod's not going to let that happen either. Right. So I think their ability to handle the injuries is a testament to their team and their time. And I think this is an extremely fascinating series because special teams is actually pretty tight too. Both of them are pretty good on penalty kill. So I think Carolina actually, what they do, they rely mostly on, you know, not the power play. Their power play is just okay, but their five-on-five offense is really good. I think the Islanders are tough to gauge because of all the injuries and because of what's happened with some of the trades. I'm going to go Islanders in seven. I just I have a feeling this is going to be the upset. I think it's a fine pick. I mean, I like uh, I mean, me saying it's a seven-game <laughs> series obviously means it's a coin flip. Yeah. Um, Brock I just Nelson, wish- you know, like getting Anders Lee back who didn't really play last year, I think, I think there's going to be some opportunities here. For the Islanders, I think this is going to be the wonky series where we're going to have like three overtime games. Yeah, I just wait. I mean, I wish Barzell a little bit more consistent. Uh, obviously, a pretty major drop off in points from Brock Nelson. You know, seventy-five then to Barzell's uh, fifty-one points. Obviously, Barzell only played. You know, he missed like what, like thirty games or so. I just look. <laughs> they, they, they're again. They're, they're, they play a certain brand of hockey. The Islanders, I think, it kind of bodes well for them to maybe steal a series just out of their different okay. like how they play. But I think in terms of the quality and the roster on paper, I don't think it's close. But, you know, goaltending wise, goal, goalies could steal games for you. Having uh, Sorokin, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you'll feel pretty good about that. I mean, an unbelievable season for him. Uh, with 31 wins, uh, 2.3 goals against. I mean, his save percentage is 9.2. You can't, uh, that's uh, unbelievable. And then not a bad backup either in Varlamov if he had to come in. But uh, Sorokin's been great. So, yeah, I think seven game series is right. So you're going to go Isles. I'm going to go Canes here. We also have Sebastian Ajo versus Sebastian Ajo. So just there's two Sebastian Ajos playing against each other. Crazy. That'll be fun. Not even not even from the same country either. Um, All right. Last one. You know what it is. The Hudson River rivalry. Rangers Devils. Haven't played in the playoffs since that uh, 2012 unfortunate one for your, your Rangers. I think this is the first year they've both actually been in the playoffs since then too. But, you know, there's been moves. There's been trades. The Devils five points ahead. Biggest turnaround, I think, in league history from one year to another. Rangers get Patrick Kane at the deadline. All signs are pointing towards this being an epic series. For the Rangers, and I'll just start here, Eddie, I think my positive sign would be that Igor's looked like Igor these last couple months. Like, say what you want about Shesterkin beforehand, and whether he was injured, whether there's some struggles, he was playing at a clip last year that was a little unsustainable. But I think he has looked a lot better in his last 20 or so. And that'd be the first positive I take away. Yeah, I was never really worried about Igor. I think he's proven not even just last year, but even before that, he's proven what kind of player he is. Um, he, he'll he'll find a way to steal games. I think he, he'll probably have to steal at least one game this series. He He's a different player in the playoffs. He's been so reliable. 
but where it starts with are the guys in front of him and getting back Ryan Lindgren. I know you say the name Ryan Lindgren and people are like, you know, with, with a team that has guys like, you know, Norris winning Adam Fox and Jacob Truva and even Keandre Miller on defense. But Ryan Lindgren's importance, the being the glue guy, being Adam Fox's line mate to allow Adam Fox to do what he does best. You need him and him being back. Uh, he did miss that last game, that two, the two to one game the Rangers lost uh, late in the season versus the Devils. So him being back and being healthy is so big for them because now the defensive pairings are back to what they normally are, and Fox is comfortable again because he knows he has a stay-at-home buddy next to him. And plus, how gritty and and he just gets in there. He'll, he'll be physical. He'll block shots. Um, so that's a huge thing for the Rangers. The next thing that I like about this series is that, you know, the Rangers can roll the four lines. I mean, their fourth line of Mott, BC, and Barkley Goodrow, like, those guys could be on third line. So, yeah, I, I, I'll watch you, I want to watch you keep going, but I think what's so fascinating about this series is it's probably going to come down to lines three and lines four. And I think both both rosters have done a great job, both GMs, of putting together four solid lines. They just did it in such a different way. I like yeah. the skill on the Rangers line a little bit more. Obviously, we know that's only half the battle. The mm -hmm. Devils are just pretty straightforward. We're going to do it with speed. Like, they have yeah. tough guys, but their speed is exceptional, not just the Jack Hughes of the world, but they are a fast team. So you would think for the Rangers side, how can we slow them down? How can this accumulate over time? Some of those equity hits, as an old coach used to tell me, that just going to build up as the series goes along. The Devils trust that they have the legs, they have the horses to kind of, you know, take their chances. And I think, and I actually think that, you know, the Devils are the team that I would favor more in the five-on-five -five situation for a lot of that. If the Rangers, if you guys get going on the power play, that's where I think the real advantage is because we know Kane and Panarin are proven forces there. So if, special, if it becomes a will of special teams, I'd favor the Rangers. But with the Devils' speed in the five-on-five -five setting lines, one to four, that's why, to me, this is just a coin flip fascinating series. Yeah, I, I think, well, the other important thing, too, is uh, I'm not – I, if I can't remember correctly, but only one of the games the Rangers played the Devils in um, was post getting Tarasenko and yeah, Patrick Kane. So, one, yeah. and and I should also mention Mikola on, on defense too. Um, you know, with that move, so like getting getting these guys in those uh, you know post deadline moves, that's a big thing. Where they only had one game for the Devils with the full the current iteration of these Rangers, uh, and then plus the you know Lingren missed that one game. So the Devils are now seeing this new Rangers team for the first time. Now, if you go back to those games. You know, either those games where Devils come out two two nothing and the Rangers come back and win that, or the Rangers gave up the uh, two goals and the Rangers come back and win. You don't ever really want to see that happen in games. That's what kind of scares me is because number one, the Devils could start out with an early lead because, like you're mentioning, their speed and they could score on you quickly, or that they're never really out of a game uh, and they came back and and they won those other ones that they were down. So that's what scares me. Their speed is scary because the Rangers do make a lot of turnovers. Even their highest skilled players, guys like Panarin, they are a little bit careless with the puck because they're trying to compensate with their talent so much. And uh, I'm not trying to poo-poo the bread man here. He's been <laughs> awesome, but like it does happen and they could make you pay yeah. on the turnover. Well, so I would say I'm the Rangers, the Rangers player to me, it's advantage as the guy. I mean, all due respect to all the skill guys, but he's the one that brings it night in, yeah. night out and kind of Mika, is Mika's the heart of the team. Arguably their best player. Yeah. And which is saying something because they've had so many guys who have been awesome. Um, you know, counting Fox, counting Shesterkin, counting Kreider in his 50 goals. Mika at center. Well, you, you know, if uh, you get the kid line guys, to score, -offs, uh, if you get the kid line to score, the stats are like undefeated hockey team, you know? Well, so right. Like, so getting back yeah. to the third, the, the one thing I disagree with you about is I, I, yeah, their third and fourth lines have skill. I mean, they have speed, but they don't have the skill the Rangers have. And I think if they're going to, if they are going to truly try to play five on five hockey and roll their four lines, I, I think the huge advantage comes to the Rangers when you're playing your bottom six forwards because you have guys like Lafreniere, Heedle, and Kako. Uh, when they score, the, the Rangers basically are undefeated. And then having a fourth line, uh, again, a great move getting Tyler Mott back, who just fits in here so well. Uh, Barkley Goodrow, has, you know, since you brought him over from Tampa, has done his job here, and he could be a third line player for a lot of teams. Um, and then Jimmy Vesey, who's a guy that was a Ranger, left for a bit, came was a devil, came back here, mm -hmm. and had a, a fantastic season for what he does, and he gets on the special teams as well on the PK and stuff. And, uh, you know, so he scores in timely goals as well. So I just love the Rangers' third and fourth lines. So I really do hope that uh, Gerard Gerland does play them a lot because I think the advantage could be there. Devils made some nice moves himself, though, bringing in Timo Meyer, a big body guy. Guy who's awesome so the the top six will be tough yeah um and I, I i still think that because the rangers have this playoff experience and because they have igor ned and i i'll take that over you know vanacek for 
um, for the Devils. I, yeah. I think it's going to be a really, really tough series. I think that, you know, the Rangers are the underdogs are plus 115. I think if you want to make a smart bet, it's probably you want to bet on an underdog and get some plus money. I think the Rangers are a smart mm-hmm. bet. Um, and again, we have not seen the Rangers play the Devils with this full lineup. I know the Devils added Timo Meyer, but the Rangers added about, what, four players plus a healthy Lindgren. So I think just that difference, plus the goalie, plus the playoff experience mm-hmm. in a long series and pretty much having home ice advantage for seven games. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because, the look, I know the last <laughs> – I've had plenty of people there at the Rangers-Devils last game they played at the Prancial Center, and I've had those people tell me it was about 70% Rangers fans. And the, the, the diehards that want to get into MSG, obviously you've seen the stats. Number one hardest ticket to get, the most expensive ticket to get in playoffs is at Mass Square Garden. Those diehard fans will flock – to the Prancial Center, they will fill up the building in Newark, and I, I think the Rangers having that, the Devils having no advantage, no home feel, is going to sting for them big time, and uh, I, I think that's probably the deciding factor, so I, I will say the Rangers will win a tough series. I'm actually going to go Rangers in six. I think the okay. Rangers are going to start out slow, but they're going to come on strong, and then we're going to be like, oh, see guys, like we, we were supposed to win the series all along, so again, much would have rather had the <laughs> Hurricanes in round one, yeah. and had the Rangers and uh, the Devils in round two. Rangers kind of, you know, Grease the wheels a bit, get used to it. Um, and I think they match up better versus Hurricanes, but um, we'll we'll see. The, and look, if we're talking about how much the Rangers turn the puck over, if we know it, the Rangers coaching staff. Yeah, knows it. that's so, that's part of it too. I, and you know what, I I'm just gonna go seven before I spoil my pick here, just because I'm wanting to see as many seven games as possible. I hope so too. I uh, and, and look, I, I'm just to kind of go back to the one point. Yes, the if it got into goal, what I was trying to say was if it got into scoring. Fourth line versus fourth line. Yes, I would obviously play the rate favor the Rangers. But what I'm saying is the two way style of playing because you're not really relying on your fourth, third, and fourth lines to generate offense as much. That's where I think the Devils could, depending on how these games go. The one time that the Devils did play the Rangers after the Kane trade was a low scoring, great game where the Rangers had a lot of chances, good goaltending, very physical playoff style game. Analytically, showed that the Rangers had the better yeah. scoring chances and they, that was just the game they they lost again that game was out without lingering mm-hmm. but yeah like the analytics people said the Rangers dominated that game I, and I don't think that, that this goes to I don't think this is going to be a 6-5 type series where it's just freewheeling out there either so I think you're asking your role players to play roles and not kind of go too much if you get goals great uh, I'm going to go Rangers in seven but having said that if we were going to do this pick like a month and a half ago I was probably leaning towards Rangers in five so the Devils are gaining ground on me but not quite there yet. I think the one thing you referenced that I completely agree with is that experience, that scar tissue of having been out here. And I think the Rangers, you know, the Rangers are kind of built for it now. And there's, I mean, you could work against them, but there's a little more pressure on them. The devil's window is just opening up. They can absolutely win this series and go on a deep run. But I think the Rangers are built for it more with the experience to win right now. And I think by the skin of their teeth, they're going to pull it out. So. Yeah, I, I hate to see a seven uh, seven game series in round one. You typically want to play shorter series because, you know, the ones later on will be way, way deeper. But it's um, look, I, I mean, they you, you know how quick is, these margins are, too, because the Rangers were very close to going up three zero against Tampa last year. So that's oh, how quick things can turn. And it's not, you know, that's just strap in. <laughs> And if it wasn't for how dominant the, the Avalanche were, I feel like the Rangers losing that after being up two zip, almost three zip uh, versus the Lightning. If it, if it wasn't for the a dominant Western team, I would feel I would still be uh, you know in therapy over that because it's it's brutal. But um, what will maybe drive me to uh, uh, therapy this year is I doubt I'm going to see a better group of talent yeah. on the Rangers in my entire life. Like the, like it is insane to think about that, like Hall of Famer Patrick Kane midseason move, like Vladimir Tarasenko, a guy that probably had the best the best wrist shot in the NHL for quite some time, mm-hmm. a cup winner in St. Louis, part of this team now. You mentioned Zibanejad, you like, I mean, Kreider, 50-goal scorer, Norris winner. Um, but then you have a guy like Truba, who, you know, was a great player in Winnipeg, comes over here, probably turned turn their season around when they had a bad loss, a blowout loss, the Blackhawks. Through his helmet, they've been like they've been on an unreal tear since Man. then. So, and then you have your your Vezina guy and Igor Sesterkin. There's just so many, and then plus the kid line and Kondre Mill. There's just so many good stakes pieces. are high, man, because the stakes it, are high in need, this one. They need to win. They, this is the year they have to win I mean, because it, you know you may not keep the same group together. Right. Now, obviously, the NHL is a weird sport where the year you don't expect it, and you're an eight mm-hmm. seed, you go on a run, you can win it. It, it happens, but it's going to be a tough pill to swallow for myself and Rangers fans if they don't get the job done this year with this group. Because because it is so supremely talented. 
if the Devils, led by Jack Hughes, pull this off, we're going to have to reevaluate where Hughes' place in the game is because that would be insane that a kid this young just steps right in. And, you know, so again, it's a lot. It's a lot at stake. First round's exciting. I know you got a dog in the fight, so you got to pace yourself. Uh, we can end with this, Eddie, though. What's your, what's a cup pick? Like, you know, finals. And if we're going to get ballsy here, what are we going with? Um, I, out of, I'm just going to stick with my stars. I'm not going to give an East team. I'm, I, I, I feel weird. Cause I, I obviously deep down think my, I think the Rangers on paper are as talented. They're as talented as any team in the playoffs. And I think if things go their way, you could argue best goaltender. You have one of the best defensemen and you're at least have, you have, but if they lose like a six score. game series to the Bruins in the conference final, like hard fought, are you going to be devastated? Cause I don't think you should be like, no, but I, you know. but, the, the, but unfortunately I will, like I just said, yeah. it's, it's one of these. These ro- this roster isn't it's never going to be top like they'll never have a roster as good and it's coming off of last year where you had the unbelievable series versus the Hurricanes unbelievable series versus the Penguins you're up two games to nothing versus right. the the Lightning you think wow we're we're going to end the Lightning's reign and then you lose and then now you lose again and then now these guys could be gone Tarasenko could be gone Kane could be gone can you keep the kid line intact like Andre Miller needs an extension there's a lot of question marks so to me it's it's super tough to um, to swallow that and think that like they couldn't, you know, move on without having another cup and it's just going to be frustrating. So, like I said, on paper, I think I could be convinced they have one of the best rosters, but just because I already put money down on the stars, I'll just pick the stars will win right. because, uh, whoever represents from the East will be super banged up by then. But, um, so yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll say stars win whoever in, in six games, I'm going to go Oilers Bruins. That's where I'm at right now. That's that I, to me is the most popular pick. I've yeah, seen I know it's on, I know it's online. a little I know it's trendy. Um, I'd love to see the Rangers in there, um, or Rangers or Devils, whoever comes out of that series with momentum. And like I said, Stars Kings could be sleeper type teams depending. Uh, but that's what's so fascinating is you could win the cup, you could go out in the first round. It truly is the most unpredictable time of year. Eddie Murphy, catch him on the Extra Points Podcast Network, producing and coming on a ton of shows as a host as well. Thanks for coming on talking hockey, my man. Stay safe during this entire run because I know you got a lot of a lot of puck to watch. So just pace yourself and breathe. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to uh, to come over and just to to make sure I'm in uh, good health uh, throughout this uh, this first round series. Always a blast, my man. Look forward to do it again. Absolutely, anytime. That was Eddie Murphy from the Extra Points Podcast Network. Big thanks to him. We'll be back on the Money Mitch Effect next week. More hockey to talk about. Check us on all your podcast platforms. Apple, Google, SoundCloud, everything. And uh, we're back next week. More hockey to talk about. Like I said, check Money Mitch Effect, the Facebook page as well, for some exclusive content. Freddie Murphy, my name is Mitch Michaels. This was Money Mitch Effect. Thank you for listening. See you next week.